everyone it's me john and me louise and you're listening to i have a great idea but i'll never do it for the first time in seven months whoa it's been since november oh my gosh get out of town i will not get out of town because quarantine yeah which might lead you to believe that we would have more time to chat with each other but we're busy people on different coasts yeah and we didn't know how long this thing was gonna last yeah, right. I was I was prepping every day to re-enter the world. Every day. <laughs> to go from like boarded up stores to up oh, we're we're back open now. I mean, a girl can dream. Yeah, a girl can dream. You said it, Louise. <laughs> Louise has it going. It's going. We've had plenty of time to think of ideas. I have a small handful. Okay, I too have a small handful. Good. And Full disclosure, three of those I didn't elaborate, so I only have the name of it, and I'm like, huh, wonder what that great idea was. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that you come up with names for things. I don't typically come up with the names for things. Sometimes they'll come to me as I'm talking about it, but mm-hmm. typically it's not something that I really plan for. Well, sometimes the inspiration will hit me when I'm like right in between like dream and awake and I'll be Uh like, I got to write this down or I'll forget it by the morning. And so I'll open up my my application and I'll type it in and then immediately fall asleep and wake up in the morning and be like, huh, wonder what that was. (laughs) Oh, well, so a lot's been going on in the world. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I have no ideas about how to solve this pandemic we're in or how to solve all of the racial injustice in the world. Yeah. These are tough ones that are going to take a while. Right. And if I come up with a great idea for it, I'm not I'm not waiting seven months to tell somebody. (laughs) Yeah. And if I tell someone, it's everybody I know and not just the listeners of this podcast. Yeah, pretty much. So do you want to kick us off with an idea? I would love to. Are you drinking like Ecto Cooler right now? That's what it looks like. It's Gatorade. Okay. <laughs> I actually have two beverages. Um, I'll explain them because the people listening can't see them. I have two half glasses Because I like to have multiple beverages all the time. One is a green juice and one is Gatorade. Uh, They look exactly the same. Except the The green juice seems to have some things at the bottom. Yeah, it's cloudy and grainy at the bottom. So I got to re-stir it, but we'll see. Swish it around at the bottom. Um, So in quarantine, uh, I was doing a lot of baking right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And so my first idea, which I don't have a name for, is an in-oven cake tester spike. I don't know if you know this, but every time you open the oven door, the temperature inside drops like 75 to 100 degrees every time you open it. And depending on how like 
you know, stellar of an oven you have, it's going to take it a little time to heat back up to the temperature that it should be to cook your food. So if you're one of those people that has a very dirty or cloudy window into your oven, you can't just like sort of see and you need to poke a little spike in. And if the spike Uh comes out clean, then you know it's ready. And if the spike comes out with goo on it or batter or, you know, whatever you happen to be cooking. If it's not batter, what's this goo it would be? It could be, it could be caramel. Okay. Sometimes I like to put a caramel ribbon in brownies and and sometimes, well, in any case, it would be very convenient if you could like pull a lever on the side or press a button and have like a spike go down into your baked good and then lift up so that you could see yeah. five, five more minutes or it's ready. Take it out now so you don't overbake it. Uh-huh. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. Very clever. And by the way, I watched the Great British Baking Show. I know all about how ovens should not be opened when you're baking something. I mean, especially a souffle. That'll fall and it'll never rise again. Never. Never. That's a Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't have a name for it either. But it's just yeah. kind of like one of those doodads that just doesn't necessarily need a name. Yeah. Yeah. Self-explanatory. Little, the, the goo grabber. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, the baking spike. I don't know. The baking spike. Oven spike. Oven spike. Yeah. We'll we'll roll yeah. those around on our tongues for a while. Now, is this something that you uh, attach to the inside of your oven, or is it a feature of ovens, or both? Ooh, why can't it be both? Why uh, can't it be both? Yeah, and it probably should be adjustable for area as well, because if you're uh-huh. cooking, let's say a pan of brownies, you can kind of just go on in there. But let's say you've got a bunt pan mm-hmm. and it can't, you know, you might hit part of the metal pan. So, so you should be able to like kind of adjust the spikes. Yeah. There's an app for that. Sure. Yeah. It could be an app based situation. Yeah. Depending on how fancy you want to get. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like if we have like steam injection ovens for like supreme bread making. Uh-huh. Let's just put a little spike a spike thing in there, a cake tester. Yeah, because also a lot of ovens aren't necessarily calibrated properly. And that the temperature too. that you uh, think that it is, it might not be. Correct. So your baking times may vary according That's to the right. recipe. And according to altitude. And according to altitude. That's right. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, I I wish I had something for baking. I have one thing that has that has to do with food. Okay. And this is one that I actually never put down in my notes, but it has been one that I've actually been able to remember for months. Woo! And I put it in my notes today before we recorded. So, for anybody who doesn't know, I have a um, a brother who is in the pizza world. He is uh, Scott of Scott's Pizza Tours and all the things that come with that. And uh, something that I learned from him very early on is the importance of keeping a box of pizza when you're getting takeout level so that things don't slide around. And sometimes you can have control over that. Sometimes you don't. And one of those things is if you're driving, picking up a pizza putting it on the seat in your car, the seat's not level. Sure isn't. 
it's going to slope in one way or another. So if there was something that you can put down on top of a car seat that keeps a box of pizza level, now it can be as basic as just something that you just go like click, 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 click until it's level and it's got like little bubbles on it so you can tell when it's level. Or it can be fancy and be one of those like self-leveling mechanisms because you could be going down a hill and then things can start to tip. But then if you have this thing, it can like self-level. This is incredible and just a (laughs) testament to our friendship. Do you know what my next idea is? Tell me what it is, Louise. Well, I've named it the gyro platter. (laughs) And... It's like those little kid non-spill snack containers. So you can uh-huh. like put the Cheerios in it and your kid can grab them out. But if they drop it on the floor, it like rolls in a way that the opening stays on top so that uh-huh. it doesn't fall out. You could totally set a pizza on my gyro platter that's oh going to level it out. So walk me through your gyro platter. Yeah, well, the name's inspired by those... uh hometown like carnival gyroscope or space camp i mean i don't know where you where you're at um (laughs) like rides where just like the equilibrium's constantly trying to like level out right so yeah i guess it doesn't have to be it's like probably a hoop and another hoop inside of that hoop that you would buckle into your your car or you know, if you're walking to a picnic or or whatnot, and you got to keep that stuff level. So, so your 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 idea is the same as mine, except not specific to pizza, right? Or mine like a was steady just inspired cam by pizza, yeah. Right. Well, I was going to use the word gimbal, which is uh, you know a mechanism for cameras to yes. keep them steady. So, oh my God, we had the same idea. After seven months, <laughs> I mean. That's incredible. This is a got it moment for I have a great idea, but I'll never do it. And for anybody who's been sleeping on got it, our podcast where we mind meld, you got to check it out. Check it out. It's bite size. Yeah. The, some of them are like a minute long. Yeah. So I love it. We completely mind melded on an idea. Sure did. That's great. Yeah, we sure did. I had a similar idea. So you and I have been talking for years about fitted sheets. Oh, yeah. And flat sheets as well, like top sheets, all sorts of sheets we talk about. Everybody has an issue with folding a fitted sheet. And even the best solutions for them aren't great. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I, I feel like some t- the best f- time I've ever fitted a sheet is still looks like garbage. It just is, you know, technically folded. So what I propose is a foldable tablet that is, you know, can fold out to be the size of your mattress or sheet, whatever you want to call it. And then it kind of like stretches it out so that it's essentially emulating the fitted sheets fit on a mattress. And that then can fold. You know what I mean? With the corners around it so that it always stays in. 
Yeah. So it essentially turns it into a flat area, and then you can fold up that tablet to become essentially a folded fitted sheet. Right. It might get a little bulky, but... It it might, but it also could be really uniform. Right. For those who care about having those little, you know, the corners lined up mm-hmm. to be able to fit into something, you know, just so, rather than just being like a big mess of sheet. Yeah. I also kind of like this because growing up, my mom would often buy, let's say, the same sheets that I had on my bed, but hers was a queen and mine was a twin. And so I would constantly be like pulling a sheet out of the like linen closet that I thought was mine. And it turned out like it wouldn't be mine because it would be hers, but it would just be a similar color. Or I was like, ah, if there was a way that we could know. And if they were on these uniform foldy platforms, mm-hmm. then you'd be like, clearly this one's the bigger one and this one's mine. Or vice okay. versa. Okay, a couple of things on that. Of course you and Mare had matching sheets. We're the same. That's bananas. And also, I am imagining that there's still like little kid styles. <laughs> so like she has like a My Little Pony bed going on. That's just what I imagine. I also was into like weird groovy things. So I might have sheets that are like brown with orange and yellow flowers on them because that was cool in the 70s. Even though Uh I wasn't a kid in the 70s, I was like into weird stuff like that, which that doesn't make any sense. But here we are. (laughs) No, you were a kid in the 80s slash early 90s. Yeah. And the equivalent of that now would be like a kid wanting a pattern that would have been popular in like 2008. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what even would that be? I can't even imagine. I, yeah, I, I feel like all the references I'm about to make are even too old for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. We're getting old. It's crazy. That's all right. We're lucky it's enough weird. to get that way. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm look, looking to see if there's any ideas that I have that relate to aging. <laughs> but I don't. But since I just went, do you have another one that you want to come on to off of that one? Yeah, I feel like we have talked about this before. But in the seven months that it has taken us to record again, I thought that it was a good idea again. So I'll just say it again. But it's a jewelry clasp assistant because sometimes you can't get your finger like the right way on a bracelet or you can't get Uh the clip on a necklace. So if there was like a drawstring that you could like somehow, I don't know, use to extend the portion that attaches. So I don't know. Or if there was like a double stranded necklace that was like integrated in so you, when you pulled it tight it went over your head or over your wrist or hand mm-hmm. and then you could like pull it or something more ergonomic or a tool that could be integrated for like a different camera that 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 does a, uh-huh. a mirror switch because recently and my friends and I have been doing a lot of Marco Polo because we just we got really really fatigued from Zoom meetings and uh-huh. FaceTime so Marco Polo was a really convenient 
app that we would use instead just to check in with each other. But right. we noticed in one of our conversations that it it mirrors the video part differently. So we were having a like a hard time being like, wait, what way <laughs> are you looking? Is that your right shoulder? Like, because you're going left or whatever. So similarly, when you try to like do a necklace in the mirror, it's so somehow in your right. brain it flips it. So maybe something like that could be the new huh. element of that. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. Interesting. I I mean, it seems like the jewelry clasp situation has been historically difficult. It, yeah. Is it just that there have been new methods, but they just haven't been embraced? Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Or maybe it was. it's like a recent thing now that people want to wear like shorter necklaces because okay. a, a big necklace you could just put on over your head and then it just like, right. you know. Or maybe it's that we all do it all ourselves now. We don't have servants to put our jewelry on for us and dress us like. Oh, you don't? Oh. <laughs> My valet has the afternoon off while we're recording. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking that it would be a good opportunity to listen to a listener voicemail. Oh. Hey, Bartles here. Got an idea. You know when you're baking a bunt cake and you have like a rum glaze and you want it to go into the baked cake and not kind of just roll off the sides. So you got to like aerate your bunt after it's done. You poke, 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 poke. It takes a long time. What if you had a device in the shape of a bunt that had, I don't know, a hundred needle-like things. One pressed down, right back out. The entire bunt is aerated. Let me know what you think. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The Merry Christmas really tells you how infrequently we record these episodes. It's summer. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're talking bunt cakes this episode. I mean... I think that we, we're going to have to have a bunt-related uh, episode title. Get on the bunt wagon. Nothing bunt trouble. Whoa. That is a... I've never made a bunt cake personally. Louise, we have talked We have talked to bunts before. Sure have. Yeah. I think a bunt aerator for glaze is genius. Yeah. So just like a little thing that you just go like, bloop, and you're done. Mm-hmm. I like it. Thank you for the call. If you have an idea that you want to call in, it's 304-804-IDEA. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Or you can email us greatideapod at gmail.com. And if you'd rather be anonymous, just say, you know, make up a different name when you call in or... Uh, when you email, say, don't say who I am or, you know, yeah. we'll respect that. Totally. But we want to thank our caller for calling. Yeah. Very, very cool. So I had an idea. I think that this falls in line with what you had been talking about before with jewelry and because this idea can work also for jewelry, but I'm, I'm speaking specifically about cleaning eyeglasses. So as an eyeglass wearer, and I know, Louise, you are a part-time eyeglass wearer. It's true. I don't know. There's a bit of a stigma when it comes to cleaning your lenses using anything 
but an eyeglass cleaning cloth. Yeah, I was going to say a microfiber towel. A microfiber towel. Because if you use a shirt, then it's like, ah, you're scratching the lenses, blah, 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 blah. Uh But what if shirts along the bottom on the inside had like a strip of microfiber? Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. (laughs) Or the inside of ties. The back of ties yeah. could just be, yeah, a microfiber cleaning cloth. Why do we have to be slave to the idea of carrying around a separate little cloth? I won't stand for it. You could even, you know how sometimes on like baby clothing, they'll have like, a, or baby accessories, I guess, they'll have like mm-hmm. a clip um, so that they don't have their pacifier drop on the right. ground or whatever. You could even have like... A tiny, like, miniature clip that would clip to the back of your tie that then you could put, like, on a Hmm. little, I don't know. I like the inside seaming on the bottom. That's, like, just convenience galore. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Now, I understand that not everybody has an exposed, you know, part of their shirt that they can access like that if you are a tucker inner or a dress wearer mm-hmm. then that's a different situation but but on your dress, we can figure something out if you're a dress wearer it could be just on the bottom of the hem because when you would sit down at yeah. a table oh yeah you could if you're sitting you're sitting pretty you're sitting pretty yeah and you can with see. those clean ass lenses yeah <laughs> oh i like it so uh yeah that's that's what i've got it's also probably really convenient in the time of COVID-19, if you are a glasses wearer, or at least Mm -hmm. this happened to me at the beginning of quarantine, which was still March, but I would have my mask on covering my nose Uh and my mouth, and I would have glasses on to take the dog out for a walk immediately. They would fog up. They would fog up immediately. So if I could just quick take them off and wipe them with the inside of my microfiber hem... And put them back on. I mean, they'll probably fog up again, but at least I would get that one moment to see. Sure. How have you been dealing with mask plus glasses? Have you just been doing contacts as much as possible? Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the things that, although I will say on morning walks when it's quite early, it's not cold enough anymore to deal uh, yeah. with the fog situation, but what I run into, and it's just because I have a child size head mm-hmm. and my mask is made for a proper adult, that my mask comes up, I'm not kidding you, to about my lower lashes on my yeah. nose and goes under my chin. Again, I have a tiny head. But my glasses will, whether they're sunglasses or regular glasses, like slide all the way off Because they go right over onto my mask. And so I don't have the ability to like. So what you need is a mask that leaves room under your eyes, but then scoops up Up. onto the bridge of your nose, but then has a little lip for your glasses to rest on. Yeah. Or like a like a snap that I could just snap the mask to the glasses. I was thinking about this. Just like a week ago, yes, a little clasp, like a hook, yeah, that can ha- go from the top of your mask onto the bridge of your glasses. Yeah, I love it. I wonder if that's given away to, uh, like, a strapless mask. 
that kind of has like a form to it. You could even do hooks on the the side arms of your glasses. Oh yeah. And the bridge. So my wife, Laura, has been on a big sewing kick, especially since lockdown began. And she has been sewing up a storm. A lot of face masks. Uh, and I think I'm going to try to design something with her, if she'll allow it. Like a modified version of one of the current methods that she has. I mean, I would be into that. I would yeah, be you'd into, be a beta tester? I would be a beta tester, for uh. sure. <laughs> I wonder if she would need like facial measurements. Just use your daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my not even three year old. You and the you and she have the same size head. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, probably. <laughs> I was a chaperone on a teenage birthday party trip once, and uh-huh. at, at the at the hotel, we all got baseball caps, and I had to go down to the front desk and say, "Do you have any child ones?" <laughs> and I traded for a kid one. What were these baseball caps? Oh, they just said, um, like, the name of the hotel on them and was oh, okay. specific color. It was just, like, to wear if, I don't know. To keep track of everybody and, yeah. Yeah. Or if you just didn't want to wear sunglasses because you just applied sunscreen and so you put mm-hmm. on the baseball cap to shade your face or I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know. It was, a, it was swag. Okay. The teens were into it? Yeah. Okay. That's a little surprising. Yeah. Because I'm assuming they're teenage girls. Yes. Yeah. The thing is, is when one person does it, it's not cool. But when everybody in the group does it, it's exclusive. (laughs) I like it. A little bit of an exclusive. Very cool. Mm -hmm. But I did get a kid, a kid one because I like just was like, this is not, this is not going to work. Oh my God. I love it. Little peanut head. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So I do want to talk about what you challenged me to back in November. November. But if you have more things that you want to talk about, we can hold off. I, I can let it go. The only other idea I have. Let's hear it. I, I mean, th- that's the kicker is that it's I don't think it's an idea. So here's what I have written down. Mm-hmm. Dragwar. Instead of Jaguar. Okay. And my notes are wigs, lipstick, snapping. Is it a cartoon about a Jaguar in drag? It is now. Yeah. Okay. It I is like it. now. I can't even think of what else that would be. No. I, I, the only thing I was thinking is like, like a car? Right, there's the car, but how would the the drag situation, unless it was a car built for drag queens. Okay. But I don't know where the snapping comes into it, unless the horn is snapping. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, it's the sister cartoon to the Jaguar drag cartoon, and this one is about cars that wear wigs and lipstick. Okay. And it's like a yeah. car show about drag wars. Yeah. I- or maybe it's part of the movie Cars 4. Where are we in that series? Yeah. 
I mean, maybe it's a new character in the Cars series of Pixar films. Look, when I had this idea, I was like, this is golden and I need to write this down. This is worthy of the list. Yeah. But yeah, let's get on to challenges then. That was all I had. I like it. So you challenged me to corks slash bottle stoppers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these things might exist. I just don't know. Now, I was thinking about a cork for a bottle of champagne that also is a gauge for how much pressure is still in the bottle. So it'll let you know, you know, if it's not bubbly anymore and you don't have to like take that test sip and it's just like down the drain. I also kind of like this for the reverse. Like, oh, I accidentally like knocked over that can or that small bottle in the fridge. Is it safe to open yet? Oh, yeah. That's good too. See, I was thinking a like one that you keep around for after you already open the bottle, but I do like that. It still happens to an already opened bottle of soda, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's true. That's true. So the other thing that I had was a cork for wine that's already been opened that lets you know if it's gone bad. Love that. Yeah. I don't know if there's a chemical that is or isn't there when a bottle of wine is still good. but Maybe it's like an alarm that it just goes like chirp, chirp when it like drink is- Drink me. When it's not good anymore. Or... Yeah, it's like you've got one day left. Drink me now. Yeah. But then that little chirp, is that going to bug the crap out of you until you actually drink it? Yeah, you should Kinda drink like it or you should- like a smoke detector. Yeah, I was going to say like a smoke detector, but maybe the, the um, frequency of- the chirp gets like faster, closer together when it's like getting really super bad. And the only way, like it chirps a couple times. I'm wondering if instead of a chirp, it's smartphone uh, like enabled, you know, like it's Bluetooth enabled and we'll send you a notification. Yeah. Because a chirp can get pretty annoying. It can, but also don't, that's wasting, wasting your wine away. That's true. Yeah. If you're the kind of person who would buy such a cork, you yeah. would want to hear that chirp. Right. Yeah. What did I challenge you to? Do you even you remember? You challenged me, yeah, to alternate side parking and street cleaning. Okay. Um. So this is a thing that has been suspended during quarantine. Good. Uh, I think the first week it was like, you know, business as usual. And then a bunch of employees probably got furloughed and it was like, mm-hmm. um, hold that thought. Nobody sit yeah. in their cars. Don't leave your apartments. Um, but my idea was sort of like a inspector gadget type kind of extending arm that would go out alongside the roof of cars. Obviously, I didn't think in advance, like, what if you have a truck or a giant SUV or something? But, like, it would extend out over the cars. Or a Dragoir. Or a Dragoir. With a wig on it. And then angle down. Yeah, you can't disturb the wig. And sort of, like, sweep along the curb so that you wouldn't have Uh to move your car out of the way. 
or the the cleaner truck gets right up next to the the back car along the the aisle and then like lizard tongue style <laughs> like sweeps out from underneath the tires um because i think in previous episodes we've had ideas where if everybody had to park on this conveyor belt thing it would like move mm. you up to the appropriate distance between the next vehicles so that um Sometimes people, I mean, it's not always people. Sometimes a a sprinter van pulls out and then a Fiat pulls in and uh-huh. it's not enough for two cars to fit there. But if there was some sort of system that would put you into the right spacing so that it was efficient for more cars to park there. Because sometimes you get like three or four cars in a row and then you're like, hmm. This could definitely be seven cars if everybody was better at parking. Oh, totally. We've had ideas like that in the past, but I, I think they were more like efficiency ideas, not street so cleaning too. ideas. So yeah, that was like my go-go gadget arm to go next to the curb between the um, tires and then my my lizard tongue for underneath the car. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like the lizard tongue is just fun to imagine. <laughs> I, for the next episode, which who knows when it will be, my uh, challenge for you is the concept of working from home. Okay. Interesting. I guess that my, I didn't pre-think about this before this moment. So my challenge to you is going to be blankets. Blankets. Okay. Leave it vague and broad. Blankets. Writing that down. Okay, cool. Uh, That's, ooh, so many things you could do with blankets. I'm excited. Yeah. Is that beeping your dishwasher? It is. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. It's good to know for context for our listeners what that beep is. It's a chirp. It's not you. Letting me know. It's a chirp. Your wine's ready. (laughs) (laughs) so everybody needs to listen to got it it'll take you no time at all to listen to it we recorded a few before we hit record here and maybe we'll even do one afterwards now that we've been like in the groove for a little while yeah now that our minds have like reset to one another's Mm -hmm. so check that out i have a podcast that i do with my brother dan called ruined childhoods where we talk about cult and classic movies and imagine what they could be like if they were remade or given a sequel or prequel or rebooted. And or if they even deserve that. Or if they even deserve that. And Louise, gotta say, you come up on the latest episode, which is Throw Mama from the Train. Okay. Yeah. I'm Your excited. Your name is brought up in a high regard. Woohoo! Yeah. I, ju- I, I will tell you, I am behind on That's listening okay. because I'm an avid listener and a good friend supporter you and sure I like and a completionist. So you know I'm gonna listen to everything. <laughs> but I am just finished with oh my gosh, I almost said the wrong title. Um cutting edge. Oh, cutting edge. Okay. So you've been taking some time with that one. Yeah. Cause you let me know your thoughts about something with cutting edge. And on the next episode after that we talk about you because I mentioned your comments to me about the cutting edge. 
the Cutting Edge episode is great because that one we were joined by Millie DeCherico, who is the uh, programmer for uh, Turner Classic Movies and Turner Underground. And she is hilarious. She kind of curated our month of May of episodes that we were releasing, which it's a weekly podcast. I don't know how we do it. And <laughs> so Millie kind of curated the the episodes that we would do. And she was like, and the cutting edge. And if you do that one, I've got to be on it. So we were just like, yeah, totally. The one before that was Ishtar with writer, New York-based writer, Carrie Corrigan, who's amazing and has been preaching the word of uh, Ishtar in the lane May for a long time. We just had on on our episode about the John Cryer movie, Hiding Out, we had the co-star, Keith Coogan. Oh, a lot of uh, sounds and, you know, Carrie Corrigan, Keith Coogan. So Keith Coogan, he was also in Adventures in Babysitting as the, like, you know, brother and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, who's like the stoner brother in that. And uh, he's in Toy Soldiers. He's just, he just had a, a chunk of years where he was in everything. He's in the movie Cheetah, uh, the Disney movie Cheetah. He was the the kid in that. So, yeah. So he joined us on our episode about hiding out, which is a lot of fun. Very cool. It's yeah. a lot of fun to listen to. So I highly endorse. Yay! What you what you have going on, Louise? Hmm. I think I'm like having a Gary Ganoos moment. Like no Ganoos is good Ganoos. Yeah. We're doing we're doing a lot of um apartment projects during quarantine and a lot yeah. of recipe testing and a lot of um, distraction from all of the bad that is happening on the outside. Mm. Um, and I was teaching myself to embroider. Yeah, you've been doing that pretty regularly. Yeah. How's that been going? Well, um, I got to say it's pretty therapeutic. Good. I mostly would do counted cross stitch and so I would work off a pattern and have like specific colors and embroidery is kind of much more use these type of stitches. Good luck. And oh, gotcha. So it's okay. It's it's instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll when I am working from home will answer, I don't know, 200 emails in a day and be like, "Ugh, what did I do today? And I could also embroider for 10 minutes and be like, look what I did. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. I need that. I need hobbies like that, like tactile hobbies. Yeah. Don't really have that. And I was Maybe baking, I'll start embroidering. Yeah. And I was baking quite a bit at the beginning of quarantine. Only then the problem is, especially in quarantine, it's it's not like before when I would bake and then be able to bring half of a cake or a whole cake to somewhere and be like, I right. made this cake. Everyone enjoy because in quarantine, then it's just for me. <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs that much cake. No, it's true. I My daughter's third birthday is coming up and the only thing that she has requested is cake. So I guess I got to figure that out. I've got about a month and a half. I believe in you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, call us, 304-804-IDEA. Write to us, greatideapod at gmail.com. Got anything else? I'm good. Spent. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for hanging out with me. I don't see it happening. <laughs>